podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 107 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Fanatics and also Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network. Delighted to say on the, on today's show, we've got a, a former guest of the, the Trinity B-side, well known to, to Evertonians, of course, uh, and that is the Athletics, Greg O'Keefe. Greg, how are you today, mate? Hi, lads. Yeah, not bad, thank you. Just, um, just about spiritually and physically over Monday evening uh, up, up in the Midlands. I was there, unfortunately. So uh, feeling a bit brighter about Everton as we uh, we look towards the weekend. I say a bit brighter, but yeah. I know it's it's amazing how long we actually taken to get to get over our performances, especially in in recent weeks. That that walking <laughs> one sort of good probably six six days. I was just good good for Monday. I felt okay Monday going to the Wolves game, and then obviously we were saved up another appalling first half of football, especially. Um, so it's. It's difficult times, obviously three three defeats on the spin in the in the Premier League, which is not particularly ideal. Um but Greg, I'll I'll come to yourself first. You were there. We've all obviously we all watched we all saw it. Um what's what went wrong again? So I mean it's 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 a really good question because I think that's what will have been occupying Rafa Benitez and his backroom staff since Tuesday morning and, and I'm sure that they're hopefully getting to the bottom of it now but to me and obviously you know, I'm not a coach but it would feel in hindsight that there were a number of things wrong starting with the, the selection um, and it's something that's only kind of become more and more apparent to me during the, during the week as I've sort of tried to unpick bits and pieces about it and it's like you know look I, I wrote a piece about how poor Gabamon was and I stand by how you know that his display was so shockingly bad that it kind of deserved to be the way into a piece. But I had a few sort of exchanges with people on Twitter who felt I was being unfair. And while I don't think I was unfair, what, what I agree with them is, and fundamentally, it was a poor selection anyway. So he was bad, and, and it was alarmingly bad. When you look back you know, to play Wolves, who have been really good last year games anyway, and to put two in the midfield, we were always going to be outnumbered. And then to make that two a land who's not very quick, and Gabamon, who the manager isn't convinced by anyway, and isn't particularly quick. I just think it was a mistake. I think in hindsight, Rafa would probably hold his hands up and say, you know, especially for a manager who so builds his teams around defence first and then they'll attack. Just amazed in hindsight that, and it's a perfect, you know, I know it's, it's easy to say in hindsight, but I'm amazed he didn't just put three in the midfield. Then beyond that, I think we, we just couldn't cope with Wolves' press. Uh, we couldn't get to grips with their, their wide players. You know, we were just kind of really vulnerable to the runs of their, their wide attacking players. I mean, um, we didn't have the same hunger or sharpness. And we just felt like a bit of a mess at times. I think the bickering from our players and the fallout of their disallowed goal and then their two legitimate goals alarmed me a little bit because... Professionals, the Premier League players these days, these are the same guys who talk behind their hands when they're walking off. They're not particularly keen to be seen to be showing, you know, a bit of what can I say, 
they don't really like to have things that should be in the dressing room out there on the pitch. But they were that alarmed and confused and annoyed the players on Monday that they were just openly bickering. And I think the amount of times that happened concerns me too. Um, and obviously, it was a bit better in the second half. And in fact, you know, on another day, we might have got something from the game. Well, that said, it could have been four or five nil to Wolves by the end of the first half anyway. And they, they wasted chances of plenty in the second. So, um, yeah, a lot went wrong, really. Like, it was, um, it was a, a bit of a nightmare. And especially coming on the back, as you said, of the game against Wofford. It's a, a sobering couple of fixtures. Well, sobering three games, really. You know, on the podcast I do with Tony and, and David Hughes, we were talking about like what we might get out of these games. And I was sort of, sort of about seven, seven points from those three games. And to, to have nothing and also to have the level of concern we've got definitely didn't feel on the cards. When you look back and you think back to Old Trafford and you know, Burnley and some of the performances we've put in this season, um, yeah, it feels like we've gone really off off the rails. Yeah, it's been a real momentum killer, hasn't it, these last three games? Um, and I think I totally agree with you, Greg, in terms of the midfield. I, I, I just cannot fathom for someone who's obviously, you know, one of the, regarded as one of the best tactical managers out there, how he could see what happened against Watford with two in the middle, where he went obviously with Tom Davis as a direct replacement for Decore, and we all know he's not a direct replacement for Decore, who arguably does the job of two people when he plays in midfield. Yeah. To to then go into the next game, and all of us, you know, and like you said, we're not coaches, you know, whatever, but all of us would have thought, look, we just cannot play two two in midfield. We cannot replace Decore. We haven't got anybody in our squad other than quite possibly a very young player in Onyango, but obviously he's yet to be proven at this level, that can that, that could potentially do that role. So that massively exposed Alan, you know, who's, to be fair, up until, you know, obviously Decore got injured, I thought was having a decent season. We were starting to see, you know, how good he was. Yeah. And then to, to then concede four goals in 10 minutes against Watford, where they just breeze through our midfield, to then go into the first 30 minutes against Wolves. And like you said, you know, it could have really been three or four nil, quite conceivably. It was walking through us. I was glad that Traore didn't start because I just thought he was going to cause us problems with directness and pace. And arguably, it was a great call from their manager to play that Trincao, who, who causes all sorts of problems. Great movement, great on the ball, causing all, you know even that um, uh, Huang as well. Same thing. Yeah. You know, uh, him and as was dropping into the space between mid, you know defence and midfield in the pockets, taking up some great positions, causing us problems. And I'm just thinking. Surely the manager can see this here. Surely mm. to God, he, he, you know. And then the, the warning shot to concede one that was obviously fractionally offside. Surely he must be right. I've got to go to five in the middle here. I've got to, uh, or five, five, five across midfield, four, five, one at least, just to stop the flow. Exactly. And then, and then, and then, it was just bizarre. And then to then, I felt sorry for Gabamin. I, I, I tend to agree with you though. I think I texted you boys, didn't I, Mike, at half time? I said I think that's the end of him. And I, and I know that's a big statement to make because the poor lad hasn't started a game for two years. But I just think he's probably thinking in himself now, how, how can I play at this level without breaking down? Um, and, you know, it's, he was receiving the ball in areas. His passing was ridiculously bad. It was all over the show. They were pressing him and he was giving it away. He was going backwards. Mm. And I'm just thinking, this needs to be changed ASAP. And unfortunately, by the time he did change it, it was almost too late, wasn't it? Because then after that, 
you know, arguably the second half, we had a lot more control of the game. And in a weird way, you know, we could have ended up at least getting a point because we had obviously, you know, three or four half decent chances in the end. So it was just like, oh, that's the last thing we needed. If, if only he'd have gone with three in the middle from the start, I think we'd have seen a very different game in all honesty. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I think I think on on Gabamon, um, you know, there's been a lot of, because of the the issues that we've had since the injury to to Decore, which is a massive massive blow. We you know it's it's obvious now, and we said it for the last few weeks. We we can't play two midfield without the legs of of Abdullah Decore. We just can't do it. So we've been saying as a fan base and, and you know yourself, Greg, as well, journalists, that you know three in midfield has got to be the way to go in the shorter term until we get that man back. And a lot of people were saying, you know, is it worth, you know, what 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 does Gabamon do? I know you did an article which mentioned that the manager, like you said before, certainly hasn't been blown away by him and not particularly sure uh, what what he could bring, what he could bring to the side, not being impressed in training. But people are just looking for for, for bodies and people to come in and, and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, make make a difference and I'm sure the manager doesn't sit there, by the way, reading social media, thinking, oh, yeah, I'll, do, I'll go and do that then. You know, he sees them day in, day out of training. But I think we, we had to see him it, almost. Maybe we got to see him some more. I don't know. I know Lee said he thinks that maybe, maybe he's, he's finished at this particular level. Um, I think maybe he needs some more game time. He's got to consistently get some game time. It's difficult, especially in the midfield too, when you see what happened on on Monday night. I mean, you did a, a great article, Greg, in, in the Athletic, which which focused quite a bit on on Gabamon. And you mentioned about his his confidence and or, or lack of, and obviously the injuries he's had are going to play a part in that. Yeah. Do you think personally that that can be actually overcome, and we can see a player in Gabamon, or like like Lee saying, do you think maybe? That it's you know too much water's gone under the bridge, so to speak, and it's going to you know psychologically he's going to be impacted too much, and we'll be able to step up to that level. I like to hope that the former could be right, and that we could see that that given a little bit more time of fit fitness um, and and getting on the pitch, he can show the levels that kind of persuaded them to sign sign him from Mainz in the first place. The problem is, you know, they're already talking about looking at a box-to-box midfielder if possible in January. It's certainly going to be on the list this summer. Um, if we get Decore back in the next few weeks, he isn't getting a look in anyway. You sort of have to be able to take your opportunities when they come. And uh, he certainly didn't take... He got a chance on, on Monday. He definitely didn't take, let's be honest. It was, a, it, was, it was a nightmare for him in Preferton. So... I'm not sure if he where he sort of goes from here. Like if, if he does get another chance on Sunday, then you'd have to see a lot more from him. But generally speaking, it's too hard to call about whether he's... I don't think he can be as bad as we saw on Monday. I don't think he's that bad. I, I think that was... He, it was just a player who wasn't ready and hasn't played in a long time being exposed by those factors his own low low confidence and starting from the start, he was just his belief was all over. You know, it was way way up, way down. He was all over the place. Wolves were pressing relentlessly and probably identified him. I think fairly doors as someone who they could get currency out of. And you know, you'd like to think he could. I've seen him play better than that, and I've seen him. You know, we've all only seen him a handful of times, but I've seen him better than that. But uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure if that's recoverable 
we'll have to wait and see. I'd be amazed if he starts on Sunday, I, I have to say. Well, he, was th- he was thrown to the Lions, wasn't he, by playing in a two, really? If, you know, if he'd have started, say, Delph in that holding role and then played you know, him and Alan a bit further further forward and Delph just sat in the, in the pivot position, if you like, then I think you know he may have found the game a bit easier. He might have had a bit more yeah. time on the ball. But to, to, to be thrown, thrown into a two and basically say, look, we want you to be Decore here. You know, it's it's just it's just not it's not going to happen. And look, everyone says Delph had a, you know changed everything. And to be fair, you know, I'll I'll give credit where it's due. A lot of us have slated him. I thought Delph played really well, and he he put his foot in. He got his foot on the ball. He does what Delph does: just recycled the ball and kept it, and you know was aggressive at the right times. But but he was playing in a three then. You know what I mean? So it was obviously an easy an easier thing to do. Yeah. But I think you know. But then I've said to you, Mike, I'm there a few times. I I like Alan, someone sitting behind him, and Alan Alan sort of pressing higher up the pitch and trying to win it back in the opposition's half. And I think that's where we want him to be for me. If we can get someone to sit behind, even if it's Tom Davis or Del for, for, for the time being, and let Alan sort of like, you know, just do what he likes to do, go and engage yeah. and, and yeah. try and win the ball back. And if we win it back higher up the pitch, obviously, guess what? You know, we're closer to their goal and we can release, you know, the likes of Gray and Townsend. And that's the other worry I wanted to mention as well. Obviously, they both started the season fantastically and, and gave us, a, a, you know, pace into the side. But I think teams are now seeing, well, look, if we shut those two down, we basically shut Everton down um, because, you know, we've got no real creativity in the middle of the park. Um, you know, without Hammers being in there, and I don't want to keep on mentioning his name, but that, that allowed us to play a slightly different way as well. And he brought a, a sort of different angle in terms of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and But now we're almost kind of semi-one-dimensional. I've also seen, I think the fact we've brought these wingers in has seen the sort of creative demise slightly of of, of um, Luca Dean as well because if you look at his stats the last two years he's, he's he's nearly double figures for assists and he hasn't had one assist this season. Um, I think what Raf is trying to do is he's obviously trying to improve him defensively, but then we lose his bit, a bit of creativity going forward because now we obviously got you know direct quick quicker wingers. So our creativity now, if you look at it across the side, is it's relatively minimal, isn't it? And it's certainly sort of semi predictable. Um, so that worries me slightly as well. Is where's our creativity coming from now? We've obviously got you know uh, no, no no number ten really. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I so I, I think that Alan, I take your point. I think he is better like in that situation where he can play further up the pitch and win the ball back there. Sometimes I think he's stuck between knowing if he's a six or an eight, and when Decore is yeah. not there, it just it, it really doesn't help. But Part of me thinks it's quite, you know, it's an issue and you've got a player who can only be at his best when there's another player in the team. It's not ideal. So I do think it's an area we need to address, if possible, in, in the market because I think there's a definitely, you know, and it would be great if Onyango was ready to come in, but I, I believe Rafa doesn't think he is quite ready yet. So uh, we need something else there. I think that the predicament that we're in, it's the same with, with Gabamon. You know, when we're talking about obviously Tarek on Yango and obviously really hardly thought of as a as a player. You know, we feel that he can develop into, you know, a, a first team player, of course. But because we're we're looking to try and, you know, sort out this jigsaw puzzle and find a solution to our problems, all names are just getting thrown into the mix all the time. Whereas, you know, in a, any normal season, if we've got all our players fit and there's no injury concerns and we're not losing games in the manner that we're losing them in recent weeks, then those don't really become discussions. If you see what I mean, it's just so many, so many players and our constantly sort of, like when Gabbana was, was last in, 
on Monday night. So many players are now sort of being thrown in. Um, a little bit, you know, sort of looks, looks a little bit willy-nilly at times to me, just to try and find a solution to the problems that we've got. Um, and it looks a little bit more simpler to us in terms of just having that three in midfield in the shorter term. Because we're getting, you know, especially the Watford game and against Wolves, they were just walking through our midfield. And we saw, obviously, Fabian Delft come on. And like Lee said, he, he put in a decent performance, slowed the game down in a way, had a bit of control, did the simple things, you know, he threw in a great tackle in in the second half when they when they were uh, going down, I think it was our left hand side and he and he and he slid in and the ball goes out for a throw. And that kind of thing gets the crowd up and gets people on, on your side. But yeah. Obviously, Greg, you know, with with Fabian Delph, there's there's a there's a lot of again, wars have gone under the bridge with him. Fans haven't really taken to him. But do you expect to see him start at the weekend? In place of in place of Gabamon, do, do we expect to maybe see to maybe uh, see Tom Davis back on the side? I would I would have thought so. Yeah, I, I would have thought you'd, you'd have to have uh, Davis Delph, and I I was obviously taking piss a little bit in my piece on on Monday night where I said if if Delph can stay fit, but I'm half serious because there's no guarantee, is there, between Monday and yeah. selection on Sunday? Um, but let's say I'm being facetious there, and he, and he does manage to avoid any shoulder injuries in the meantime. You've got to think it's got to be Davis back in the team. Delph and Alan, as Lee said earlier, just a bit further up and three in the midfield. Um, but yeah, I, I can look, Davis wasn't it, you know, Davis wasn't hard done by to be on the bench. And then we scored against Watford. And I was made up with that and I hoped he'd go on and build on that. And he, the team didn't and, and he didn't sadly and you know he was you know, looking back at the goals against Watford, there were, he was less than ideal for a couple of them in, in the second half during that capitulation. No one was good, I know that, but it was disappointing. So, yeah, um, I still nevertheless think that he's, he's, he's got to come back into the, the equation with Gabamon dropping out, as you say. Yeah, of course. And we, we all hope that from the off, we, we will see a midfield three on, on Sunday, that's for sure. Um, but just to wrap things up in terms of the, the Wolves game, obviously we we come back into the game with a, an Axe goal and like you said, obviously, Greg, on another day we could have got something from the game. But one, one player who came on potentially too lately, who was really unlucky to, to miss out on starting was, was Anthony Gordon. A performance against Wofford. Um he, he got he saw 15 minutes against Wolves, and he came on, and I thought yet again, Anthony Gordon made made a difference to that particular that, that performance in the second half. He was direct, unlucky with that header, wasn't he? From to, to get his first his first goal, they'd say bad goalkeeper. You know, it's is is he a player now that that the manager should be looking to use a little bit more and a little bit more regularly. Yeah, I, I think, think you have to say yeah, you have to yeah. say he's, he's, he's taken his chance when he's when he's played. I thought he yeah. played very well against United in in, in the draw as well. He, he, what what I saw with Gordon there more than any other time I've seen him play is that he, he was tactically more aware in that game. Uh, and I think that's obviously the Rafa influence. You know, uh, previously when he was coming on, it was almost like he was running around like a really enthusiastic young player. Uh, he was more tactically astute in, in in the games he has played. And, you know, he can probably count himself unlucky that he didn't start. I mean, the manager obviously clearly said before the game, I'm picking the team purely on how, how, how they look in training. And part of that was probably answering the Alex Iwobi question. You know what I mean? How, how's he starting? And I, I feel for Iwobi a little bit because obviously he's, he's the latest boo boy amongst the fans. And, and I think, he, as I said before on the podcast, I think he is quite fragile. And obviously, you know, he, 
he's obviously going to hear a lot of these things, and um, he's not the type of player that will just say, "Oh, like sod this, I'll just, I'll, I'll show, show these guys how good I am." He, he sort of shirks that responsibility a little bit, a bit like Michael Keane. But, um, but yeah, I think he's taking his chance, Gordon. He may, he may or may not start. Um, I, I like, I like his balance. I like the way he runs with the ball. He's also got a bit of pace. He needs to fill out a little bit, but he's direct, and you know that, that certainly, you know, gives us a different dimension. But I mean, just quickly, I wanted to mention um, to finish it off. I just think. For me, the drop-off, you know, we've obviously had no Mina, no Calvert-Lewin, no Decore, no Luca Dean. And obviously more recently, we've had, we haven't had Richarlison uh, in the side. I mean, that's really the spine of our team right there. And, you know, you've, you, the, the drop-off is, is absolutely huge. I genuinely think with those guys fit, we push possibly the top six for Europe. You take those guys out and, and, and it's almost like semi-relegation. That's how, that's how much I think the drop-off, drop-off is. And we saw the stats, you know, Decore missed a big chunk at the end of last season. And, you know, I think we won, I think, was it just one or two games without him in that sort of two-month spell, two-and-a-half-month spell he was out? And that's obviously why we plummeted from second at Boxing Day to 10th overall at the end of the season. I think he is that vital to the way we play. And then on the flip side of that, Mina and, and him and DCL, you know, are obviously, you know, a big reason why we're probably a bit stronger on set pieces as well. So I don't know what you think, Greg, but I just think the drop-off is just scary, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I think without Decore, DCL and Mina, we're actually quite a small team. Mm. And I think Decore and DCL have usually got roles from defensive set pieces. Uh, and in their absence, you've got things like Andros Townsend being asked to, you know, mark, being asked to sort of um, control the zone from that, from that first goal against Wolves and whilst he should be able to do it he's an experienced player he's also a winger I don't think that's his best strength set and he's not massive um, so it's, it's less than ideal and there's been a huge drop off and I think a lot of it is that not just the it's all the, the attributes of those personnel their height from defensively even though you would say that you know two of them aren't particularly defensive only players we miss them in every element and every area of the pitch yeah, it's it. I mean that that the conversation obviously we when we when we lose a game the conversation around who's to blame always rears its head and we've seen a lot of that obviously this week and after after Wofford last week and it's not a simple case of you know it's Marcel Brands's fault it's it's uh, Farhad Mishiri's fault etc etc you know I think what we need to look at yes there's certainly a lot of issues on and off the pitch but what we want to see as fans is basically puzzles being solved. And players taking responsibility on the pitch at this moment in time, and obviously the off-field stuff. Yet yeah, we, that would need to be taken care of. But but seeing seeing some of those scenes that we saw on Monday, you mentioned earlier about Greg, the uh, you know players arguing with each other, remonstrating. I mean, you saw Coleman's reaction to the first goal when that went from a set piece, and that's not something that we want to be seeing, particularly when you know we 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 aren't playing particularly well like you say these kind of things should be kept behind closed doors and we want to see a reaction on the pitch and what we haven't seen we didn't see a reaction in that first half against against what um against wolves from an appalling performance against wofford and that is probably one of the biggest the biggest issues i think we've got at the moment is who's going to take that side by the scruff of the neck in a game pull them through and, and rectify issues that we're seeing that we're seeing week in week out. You know that's that that's one of the major the major concerns. Um, but Wolves certainly is another game that we need to now attempt to put to bed. 
and, and hopefully, you know, we're, we're calling for yet again another reaction when it comes to Spurs on on Sunday against a, a Spurs side who've now hired a, a world-class manager in, in Conte and that couldn't come at a, at a worse time for us really, could it? Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. There's been some positive news in, on the injury front. Luca Dean's back in training and Ellis Sims is also uh, being pitched as well as Jared Branthwaite, which is, which is positive going into the weekend. We will discuss that after this after this short break. Welcome back to the second half of this week's Unholy Saints podcast. Massive thanks to Greg to for joining us for the first half to go through the the Wolves game. He's had to he had to uh, to jump off as he's a busy man. So you you left with me and Lee for the for the second half this week as we 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 look to preview a Spurs game on Sunday. Um, a game that you know going into it post the weekend before we played Wolves. You probably you probably fancy us going into this game more so than we have done in in, in previous games because of the sheer fact that Tottenham are really struggling. Uh, we've got one more point on ourselves. Nuno was was under under severe pressure from Tottenham fans, the board pundits, you know, and then all of a sudden it was it was confirmed he was he was on his way. Was it Monday or Tuesday? And then within within twenty four hours. Antonio Conte rocks up and and Spurs have now all of a sudden got maybe a different different kind of, of aura about them, should we say? Um, I know it seems maybe seems a little bit premature to say that, but when you bring in a manager of that kind of quality and and a winner in Conte, you you, you certainly demand that little bit more on the trading ground and maybe a little bit more respect from the people that you're working with. Um, but Lee, what what are your thoughts on that? It's it's not particularly ideal for ourselves is it you know going you've got Spurs now coming in and this is one of your favourite sayings coming in with this new manager bounce you know you, it's one of those things that you, you say quite often we've been there recently ourselves with it but it's not just any old manager is it? it's it's a manager of, of real quality yeah mate I mean it's you know football like anything in sport a lot of it's about timing isn't it you know United couldn't have played Spurs at a better time same with West Ham when they played them recently as well um, and and that and that's the key. It, it it's you know Spurs have not not looked like a side at all for the quality they have in their squad. Um, you know particularly up front. Um, obviously they've signed a really top centre off in Romero for forty five million in the summer as well, and he's bedding himself in. Um, they've looked nowhere near. Uh, you know the, the side and Kane's looked nowhere near the player. Uh, he has been for the last you know seven seven eight seasons really. I would have fancied us against Spurs, um, you know, particularly on the back of the way they played against, you know, let's have it right, quite a poor United team recently. Um, but now, yeah, like you said, Conte coming in, um, um, they are going to be absolutely running their backsides off for him because that's one thing he demands. He demands players, everyone, no matter what your stature is, to put a shift in. Um, and, you know, you wouldn't want to cross him, would you? I mean, he, he, he looks like an absolute mad guy. <laughs> Um, but he's like he reminds me almost of Simeone at Atletico, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's the type of guy that you know if you didn't put a shift in or didn't track your runner, then you wouldn't want to talk to him in the dressing room at half time. Um, you would have hated me as a player. Um, but um, but no, yeah, going back to it, I, I genuinely think uh, we couldn't face Spurs at a, Spurs, sorry, at a worse time. Okay, look, he's, he'll only have a few days with him to try and set them up. But we all know Conte likes to play with a back three. So, um, you know, they're going to have three in the middle and I, I imagine they'll have um, Kane and Son up front. So, 
Um, we going back to what we were saying before, you know, I would be absolutely astounded if Rafa went with a two again in midfield uh, with no decor, like we've just discussed there. Because if he did, he would basically be, you know, committing suicide really, because we'll just get overrun. And arguably, you know, Spurs have got probably better technical players than um, than Wolves have. Although Wolves have got some really class class young players as well, to be fair. But yeah, um, we've got to go into the game now, and you know, we all know the way that Rafa sets us up. You know, we, we're going to concede possession, and we're going to try and pick them off. But what we can't afford to have is what we had, in, you know, in, in patches against Watford. In, in the first half against Burnley, in, you know, certainly in patches against Wolves, where there's a, just a complete disconnect between, obviously, you know, the midfield and attack, and you know, and that that's where we struggled um, in some of those games. You know, we went on to win that Burnley game quite convincingly in the end, obviously after that spurt of goals. But that first half, you know, before he changed it, ironically, to a three in the second half in the middle of the park, you know, it was again laborious and slow and sideways and no real threat up front. Um, so yeah, so for me, um, we've got to just stay in the game and be tough to beat. And then when we do counter, we counter with purpose. We have to, um, we just cannot afford to, you know, basically play the way we've been playing. Um, we've conceded, if you think about it, Mike, if you count the Watford game in the first, the first half of the Wolves game, conceded seven goals in one and a half games. I mean, you know, when would you ever say that about a Rafa Benitez side? You know, as Greg said before, I mean, you know, he's known for being, you know, defence first, attack second, you know, being hard to beat. And any new manager, will, whenever they come into a side, that's what they'll want to do, be hard to beat, won't they? Um, so, yeah, so for me, um, put it this way, I don't think there'll be anything like the cup game under Mourinho when it was 5-4 uh, last year, when there was obviously no fans. I think it'll be a, a very, very cagey game. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, you know, they're they're gonna want to come in and, and impress the new manager. Of course, they are. So that that gives them an extra so many percent straight from the from the off. I'm concerned about our our confidence. I think our confidence is massively shot. I think you know when you it showed that there was a hangover from the Waffle game into the Wolves game that we saw on Monday. We're all crying for a reaction, like we said in the first half. You know. Go out there and show us that you can that you care basically, and and show us that you've learned something. And then obviously we saw the first goal against Wolves, typical set piece yet again that we can't defend. And you know the we, we were warned by the goal that was disallowed, and then you look at the mistake that Ben Godfrey made for the for the second goal. We didn't really touch on it in, in the Wolves review because it's it's a case of you're finding yourself repeating yourself over the last last few weeks, and it gets a bit tedious when you're saying the same thing time and time again. But I do. I do believe that confidence is, is is really on the on the low side. Um, the only way to, to recover confidence is to start winning games. You know whether that's scoring a lucky goal in the 90th minute, whether it's even even just just nicking a point against the, a half decent side. It all helps. So if we come out of that game against Spurs with a point, I think that would help. We've got we've got a tough run of fixtures uh, post international break. But you, you want to be you want to be again showing the fans that you do that you do care and it's it's so difficult when we are missing the players we're missing but again I'm sick of that being being an excuse. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that, mate. I, we've, he's got to find a way. He's got to find a way, hasn't he? He's got to find a way to make to, to sort of like look look. You take those types of players out of any side apart from maybe Chelsea and City and 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 United actually to a point. 
and they're all going to struggle. They're always going to struggle because obviously, you know, they're the t- of all the people, if you wrote down on a piece of paper, right, four or five players that you would not want to get injured for, you know, a relatively sustained period of time, you'd probably write those names down, wouldn't you? So, you know, the people we've had out, they're just absolutely key. But, you know, his job as a manager during that time is, is then to make us hard to beat. You know, like you said, grind out a couple of one nils if we can or something like that. Do you know what I mean? What, what really scares me at the minute, though, and obviously we haven't gone into too much detail on it, but is, is how vulnerable we are on set pieces. You know, it, it, that's a massive worry. We've conceded, as it's well known, the seventh goal already this season from set pieces. And to put that into context, Wolves, on the flip side of that, also under a new manager, by the way, have conceded none from set pieces. So can you imagine if we had stripped those seven goals out and we conceded none from set pieces this season, where the hell we'd be? You know what I mean? So that just shows you, you know, you can do it. You've just got to ha- you've, you've, you've just got to basically you know, see it out and, and, and attack the ball. You know, Rafa's come out and said, yeah, it's not necessarily a system. We've always, I've always played zonal. It's, it's about being aggressive and attacking the ball. And I kind of agree with him in that sense. But, you know, it's clear as day. And I really like Ben Godfrey. He's obviously struggled. We've talked about that before. He's obviously coming back from a serious bout of COVID. But what's also we're starting to see is the vulnerable side of his game. And he's clearly not a strong header of the ball. He clearly isn't. You know, he semi-turned his back on it there. Keane's got underneath it, which he always seems to do. And then, you know, Kilman's headed it without even getting off the ground. You know, obviously Carragher draw, drew attention to not getting blocked by Townsend as well. But obviously, he's a much bigger lad than Townsend. He's almost like shrugged him out of the way. You know what I mean? He's probably two or three stones heavier than Townsend. Do you know what I mean? So, um, it, is, it is a massive worry in that respect. It really is. Because ultimately, we started poorly against Wolves in that game. And we were all over the show. And it could have been a few. But if you look at the goals we conceded, they were shambolic, weren't they? I mean, you know, the second goal, look, the, the ball's come out to Ben on that side. I said to you boys, you know, it wasn't a bad ball by Michael Keane. But if that's Luca Dean there, we don't concede that goal. And the reason I mean that is because Luca Dean's left-footed, so he'd have taken that on his left foot. And then, obviously, you know, he had the space to run into before Trincao got there to close him down. But because Ben's right-footed and very predominantly right-footed, He's, he's brought it down on his right foot, which means he's facing his own goal. And then the only place he can go is backwards. You know, and obviously, you know, he, he probably should have given it to Holgate. He, he maybe could have launched it down the channel. But he's tried to go back to Pitford and the rest we know is history. So it's those little things where you're thinking, look, we, OK, look, he got the formation wrong. We started, we didn't start with any intent or aggression. But then we still conceded two absolute schoolboy goals. Whereas if we'd have been tight and didn't concede those goals, we could have gone in at half-time at nil-nil and thought, geez, we got away with one there. And then, you know, come out and that like we did in the second half with a lot more aggression, a lot more intent, the right formation, which made gave us more control in midfield, and then possibly gone on to win the game. So it's, 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 we're almost shooting ourselves in the foot with, with, with the goals that we're conceding as well. I'd, you know, I'd almost rather a guy go past four or five plays and bang it in the top bin. Because then at least you go, you know what? Fair play. That was almost undefendable. That the guys just, you know, scored a great goal. So if we can cut that out against Spurs and then, you know, be tough and resolute and hard to beat, hopefully mean is back as well. I don't know whether you, you tend to keep abreast of these things more than me, mate. Is it no chance? No. It, just based on what I've seen, is he's not being pictured saying it's a day. Um, in the footage and, or the photographs that have been released. Columbia have not called them up 
for the international break, which I think that tells you everything that you need to know. So for me, he's not going to be back in for the weekend. So you've got to see. Well, it's a huge loss, and we've we've said that time and again. I think the only what what will happen is obviously Luca Dean is is back um, or should be back. He's back in full training, so Luca Dean comes back in at left back. Ben Godfrey will slot back in at centre half alongside Michael Keane, and obviously Seamus Coleman goes right back, and and Mason Holgate will then drop out. Um, the only hope is that, like like we've said, we go to this midfield three, like we said when we spoke to Greg a bit earlier. In, we've got Delph sitting with, with Tom Davis and Allen um either side. And then obviously you've you've got your um you've got Grey, Townsend, Richarlison. Maybe Anthony Gordon gets the nod, maybe. You know, he's done he's done enough for me to to get a start on birth. And that's that's no no disrespect on on obviously Andros Townsend um or Damari Gray. Damari Gray looks we haven't really spoke about him uh, on Monday. He he looked a, a frustrated figure. He, it was as if he was he was trying maybe too much to to get past maybe one or two men. I mean he did well. He, he, he defended Demarie really well. To be perfectly honest, but I think he struggled. He had that one chance, didn't he, in the first half, which he which he dragged quite a bit uh, wide. He snatched at it, didn't he? he yeah, he did, it. yeah. You know, he, but he's playing a lot of games because it's it's needs must. You know, if we had a full strength side or a full strength squad to pick from. Then maybe would he'd get a little bit more time off, but there's a lot of reliance on him and just Townsend to, to create chances. Um, but yeah, I think you know the the absence of Yerimina is always a concern. And like, like I said, I think it was on last week's last last week's podcast. It's a, with with Yerimina, we all you know think he's been exceptional in terms of how he's developed into a, a really good Premier League centre half, but. We we see it too often that he he's injured and you know it's we look you know we look so much worse as a defensive unit when he's not playing. Take take set piece out of the equation, which is obviously our, our Achilles heel at the moment. Just from an organisational point of view, at the back we struggle massively when he's not there, and I think he brings confidence to Michael Keane, um, and it's all a bit of a struggle. You know, you've, you've got like we said before, you've got you've got players arguing on the pitch. You know, and that, that's just never ever a good look. Michael Keane was arguing with with Alan. Um, you got James Coleman arguing. They're all pointing fingers. It's it's a little bit of a, a lot, yeah. It's, it's, it's the stats prove it, isn't it? You know, when Mina and Keane, um, sorry, Mina and um, Decore haven't played, we've 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 really struggled. And, you know, the stats show that. Um, and Mina is the only one who's the actual genuine leader uh, at the back there, and he organises it. He sees danger quickly. Uh, he's aggressive in the air. Um, you know, he's not he's he's not obviously uh, you know Alessandro Nesta, but he's also but he, for me he's our best defender, and that that's become become apparent. Um, but it's interesting you mentioned Gray and Townsend there, and you know we have to put it into context. Whilst they had a great start to the season, and I was on board with that as well as everybody else, we also have to caveat that look, you know, then they've never really been prolific, both of them. You know, and they've both played in the Premier League for a reasonable amount of time. Certainly, uh, Townsend has. You know, he's never been prolific. We can't keep on expecting those boys to be contributing, you know, over ten goals each. If they both get six, seven goals each a season, that's a success for me, considering what we got them for. So, so ask them to potentially step up and maybe score double figures. You know what I mean? I mean, it's 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 just not going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we 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 have to accept that. Um, you know, whilst they had a great start, you know, we have to accept they've never really been prolific in their careers so far. So. Um, yeah, and like I said before, you know, teams are all now aware of what we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to sit off and, and counter and get them get get those guys on the ball. And 
you know, if they shut that avenue down, like I said before, what creativity have we got? You know, who else is going to step up? You know, and obviously Richarlison coming back is a big plus for us. But as we all know, you know, asking Richarlison to play up against two centre-halves or in essentially the Spurs game at the weekend, three, and battle and fight and try and win headers and free kicks, it's going to be tough for him. Because obviously, you know, he, he you know, ideally needs Dom, Dom next to him to do that for him, to allow him to make his runs in behind. So, um, it's going to be a grind. It really is. Uh, you know, as I said, I mean, Spurs are going to be more than up for it. Um, and you know, like you said, they're going to be wanting to want try and impress Conte. Uh, we've just got to hope we stay in the game for as long as possible and don't look wide open like we have done recently. And if we do that, then, you know, hopefully try and nick one. Um, and, 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 you know, if, if, if it came out right now, and I'm sure you'd say the same, and, and it was nil-nil, I'd take it now, to be honest. You know, we've got we've got yeah. tough tough run of fixtures coming up, haven't we? And we need to stop the rot because if we lose this game, you know, we've got City coming up, we've got Brentford away, we've been brilliant at home. We've also got the Derby coming up soon as well. You know, what the last thing you want is is five, six, six games on the bounce. You know, Arsenal we've got to play in that time, and Arsenal probably, you know, let's be fair, they're one of the best teams in the league at the minute. They're playing really well. They've really clicked. Um, you know, they've had some of their players back and you know, Mikel's now sort of, you know, winning the fans over slowly again. So, the last thing you want, I mean, if Benitez now suddenly has five, six, seven on the bounce uh, and, and we plummet down the table, I mean, this is this is always our biggest worry, isn't it? It's just going to start turning against him again. Um, and, and we just cannot, we just cannot afford, we have to be re- realistic here, like I said before, take those key players out of Everton's team. We just have nowhere near the same quality in depth. There's even the likes of Leicester or West Ham and a few others around that sort of level. We just don't have that same depth at all. Um, and it's a complete drop-off. So, yeah, for me, make us hard to beat as much as possible at the weekend and and and, and try, and nick, try and nick a 1-0 or, or take a 0-0 or 1-1 for me. The, the, the concern is, like you said then, you know, if we lose another game, like with obviously the fixtures on the horizon as well, um, the, the pressure on the manager... Mounts, let's get that right. And we, we've we've said from the off, you know, you've got to give this manager time. I always agree with that. Um, I think he's been dealt a difficult hand with the with the squad that he's got and the fact that he couldn't he couldn't particularly build anything in the summer. Um, so that was you know that's not on him at all. And let's let's get that right. But we're talking we were talking modern football. Managers always, if they lose a number of games on the spin, they always get put under pressure. And that, that is the concern, is we, we wanted to avoid that with any new manager that was appointed. We always knew that this manager was going to bring that with him, so there'd be less flexibility from a fan's point of view if we went on to on this kind of run. There's already talk, I'm just scrolling through Twitter as we're recording now, that uh, in, in Build, um, it's a German, German publication. Um, yeah. Apparently, we we have made contact with the PSV head coach, Roger Schmidt, in terms of potentially replacing Rafael Benitez. Now, no, 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 surely not. Well, the point that I'm trying to make is that this kind of talk, when you go on these kind of runs, happens, and then that then gets gets the fans up. That then builds the pressure even more, and that's the big concern with, with this kind of situation that we're in. So you've got to hope that on Sunday, you know, we, we do see, like you say, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be difficult. We've got to make it ugly. We've got to make it horrible. We've got to win the midfield battle, more importantly. Uh, we've got to put three in midfield, like we've said time and time again. 
and see what we can get from the game. And and then probably more importantly, we've got to switch on and concentrate and not make stupid mistakes and concede goals from our own mistakes like we saw again against Wolves. And it's going to be, as I say, going to be really, really difficult on uh, on Sunday. I just hope that at the players of of you know taking the last the last two games more so than the West Ham game the last two games I've actually looked back and reflected properly and and have, have you know now learned something from it you know may, maybe they needed some kind of open and honest conversation with each other maybe they did because they are they are to blame more so than than anyone else in this situation because they're the ones on the pitch and they're the ones who were trying to execute what they're being told to do by by the manager so. I don't know. It's gonna. It's not gonna be a pretty watch. I don't think come Sunday. But we've got to hope, like you said, that we get something from the game. And I'd, I'd probably take a nil-nil right now. To be perfectly honest, um, yeah, clean sheets would be, yeah. be a bonus. Um, but is that what you're going for? Is that your prediction? You say nil-nil? Or... I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say one-one. I'm gonna say. I just don't think we're good enough to keep a clean sheet. But I also think you know, um, we'll be good enough, hopefully, to to, to score a goal. Um, I want I want it to be a bear pit at Goodison as well. I want the fans to be angry. I want I want us to sort of you know put a foot in, even if it takes a couple of big tackles or something like that. You know, in the middle of the park or whatever, just to you know, um, too many players were ducking out of tackles in that first half um, um, against Wolves, and you know, I want I want the fans. I want it to be a bear pit at Goodison. You know, I want them to be intimidated, um, and hopefully it will be because you know we haven't seen that Goodison um, enough for me. And you know it's the age-old argument. We'll discuss it in, in, in you know in the future, no doubt. Of is it the pl- player's job to do that? Is it the fans, whatever? But ultimately, we want it to be a, we want it to be a difficult place to come. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go one-one, and that's me trying to be optimistic, to be honest, because um, I just yeah the timing couldn't be any worse. It couldn't be any worse playing playing uh, Conte. Here now, who who will, as I said, I think he'll get a, a, a tune out of Spurs, and do not be surprised once Conte's got his hands on that team that they won't push for the top top five. I think the yeah, I think you're right. I think they he certainly will improve them, um, especially I think in the shorter term. I think it, his initial his initial um, appointments will really really spur them on. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be they're going to be a threat to the top four. Uh, he'll he'll really organise them. The only sort of saving grace is this week they're playing they're playing aren't they uh, in Europe tonight as we you know we're speaking Thursday. Um, so let's see if that impacts them coming into obviously travelling away from home on a Sunday. Uh, let's see if that impacts. But I'm sure they'll play a week inside in the uh, the Europa Conference. But we will see. But I think you know yeah um, I'm maybe more more in hope than expectation. We can nick a point from the game. Uh, what score is going to be? I couldn't tell you. But I'm just, I'm just hopeful of of a draw. Uh, anything more is, is an absolute bonus, and, and we'll be delighted with that. Uh, to, to nick, you know, we can nick a win. Fantastic, but it's going to be a tough, tough game given the fact that they brought in, brought in the new manager. Um, but that's us. That's us for for today in this this uh, this episode. We um, for those who don't know, we are supporting the. The Everton in the Community Veterans Hub again this Christmas. Fantastic organisation within Everton in the Community. We're currently gathering raffle prizes together. Special thanks so far to Fanatics. They've, they've thrown in a Dominic Calvert-Lewin shirt, which is which is great. Matty Dillon's assigned big dunk testimonial box. Um, Breakout have given us a voucher for for five people to go and to go and uh, use use for, for one of their games. Uh, our favourite Everton artist. 
the blue dude left. Andy has uh, sent us a few prints over. So, listen, thanks for everyone who's, who's helping us out with this. Really, really appreciate it. It means a lot to us to help them out after what's been another difficult year for them. But great to see that they're going to be back together this year to celebrate in person when they get together on the 8th of December at the at the Blue Base for, for the party. So if anyone wants to, wants to help us out with any kind of raffle prizes or any kind of hamper items, please just drop us a, a message on Twitter. We'll sort out collection, things like that. Not, not a problem at all. Um, and as I said, we will be, we'll be back post-space. Um, hopefully, we can be a little bit more upbeat and positive after a more upbeat and positive Everton performance. So we'll catch you on Sunday. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three Blues. Three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.